Blessings and welcome to Hope, helping other people evolve through spiritual wellness with hope. As always, I am Hope. Welcome, brothers and sisters, to another episode that will blow your mind and that will draw you closer to the Lord, I pray. Today, I am blessed to be in the presence of my brother in Christ who has gone through things of which I don't even know yet because I told him, don't tell me your testimony. I want to hear it fresh, just like the brothers and sisters on the podcast. So today I have the pleasure of being in the presence of my brother, Brother Derek. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm blessed to be here. All glory to God. So my brother, as I always do, the reason for these podcasts is to get the testimony. How did you come to know Jesus? What's your walk like? Tell us a little bit. Well, so my story starts like most people's story who were born and raised here. I was raised Catholic and um, I went to CCD. I went to church on the holidays and uh, I never really, never took it serious. And um, by me not taking it serious, the flesh of the world kind of took over my life. And I didn't really start drinking until after high school. And uh, I moved to this area in Rhode Island. And I moved from a bunch of people, I moved with a bunch of people from home. And uh, we would just party on the weekends. But it was just drinking. It was just a young kid, just doing what young kids do. And it never really got into a problem. And, uh, but then I dropped out of college. So it kind of was a problem, but I didn't realize it as a problem because all, I'm, all my other friends dropped out of college too and they went back home. So the people I went to college with, we went right back to where we were and doing the same thing, work Monday through Friday, then party on the weekends. And I still had no idea who Jesus was. When people said Jesus to me, I would just kind of freeze up. Yeah. And people, people say God, I'd be like, cool. Holy Spirit, cool. Jesus, just a little too far. Yeah. And, um... As I started getting older, I started, I drank to get drunk. I didn't drink because I liked the taste or if someone told me I'm going to go off for one drink, I told them to bring their own car because it's not, that's not me. Yeah. I'm going to be here a little later. And I found Jesus through that getting a whole lot worse, a whole lot worse. That really destroying my life. And um, Jesus chased me down. Amen. And he chased me down before I even knew who he was. So when I was around 22 years old, it was Christmas Eve at my parents, at my uh, cousin's house. And it was probably around 11 o'clock and I'm faking being tired. I want to go see my weed dealer and get my weed before the holidays because I'm not going to be able to get in touch with him. Yeah. So I leave and I'm, I'm hammered. I am absolutely hammered. I'm driving with one eye like shut wow. so I can see straight. And I'm like a street away, and I pull up my phone, about to text him say, I'm a street away. And as soon as I put my phone down, boom, right into the back of someone's car. Wow. I smashed the whole side of my car. I still got my, I still went down to my dealer and got my weed and made it home. This is 11 o'clock at night on Christmas Eve. There's cops everywhere. Somehow I didn't get pulled over. I show up at my house. My mother's like, Derek, you have one headlight. What happened? And I'm like, oh, I'm a little drunk right now. Wow. I went to go get weed, and um, 
that's why uh, that's why my castle smashed in she's like well we're going back there yeah and i was like i can't go back there she's like no i'm bringing you we're this is a hit and run yeah and um so she brought me back we left a note with the um with uh, our phone number and name, insurance information, and all that, and they called the next day, and they were livid. But I would have been in jail, yeah, for driving drunk, hit and run, and that was God working through my mother at that Amen. time. Amen. And that's that's just another and thank one. Thank God, it was God. It was only a parked car. I know it wasn't someone. Right. And uh, or I died. Right. Exactly. Well, you wrapped yourself I, around I would have gone straight into the back of it, but yeah. I had that sudden urge to jerk to the right. Thank you, Jesus. I left, so my passenger side got hit. Okay. Not f- straight on. Right. And, uh, and then I had another run-in with the police when I got a little older. I was probably around 27 years old. I was at this place, Hajar's in Weymouth. It is now a different name. I forget the name. Um... Driving home, I'm totally hammered again. I'm smoking. This is when smoking weed is like, I can't function unless I smoke weed. I'll get too drunk and then I'll smoke weed and get my brain straight again. And I'm driving home. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm a street away from my house. I see a cop, so I go around the corner. Then I see another cop. I go around the corner. And I'm down all within these streets trying to get away from these cops. Yeah. And I get to right, right where my street is. I don't see any cops, so I book it down the corner. And... Little did I know, there was a cop hiding in the street right next door with wow. his lights off, just waiting for me to, and whoop, whoop, come, pulls me over. And uh, I open the window, and whole cloud comes out. And oh, you were smoking while you were driving? Smoking while driving, and I was hammered. Oh, my and goodness. And I, I got pulled over on my street, three houses away from oh, my house. Oh, my goodness. So the guy takes, he realizes I'm smoking weed. I lied to him at first. I said I ran out of weed. And he's like, I can see the bowl between your legs. And he took the bowl between <laughs> my legs. Oh, my goodness. And he goes, where's the, where's the rest of the weed? And I said, there's no more. Me lying again. And he goes, come on, man. So I give him the rest of my weed. And he takes my license registration, goes back, goes to his car, and then comes back. And he goes, so what are you doing out here at 2 o'clock in the morning? He goes, I'm just trying to get home. And he goes, you're going to that house right there, right? And I'm like, yeah, it's my house. And he was like, well, I could give you a DUI. I could arrest you. I could. I took your weed. You have enough weed here to get arrested. Blah, blah, blah. Whole grocery list of things I did wrong. Going yeah. 60 in like a 25. Wow. And he goes, but I grew up in a house that you live in. And I'm like, wait a second. You had the bedroom with the Notre Dame banner around the room. They had one son. He's like, yeah, that's my room. And I'm like, that's my room. Wow, my lord. And, and... He's like, yeah, I'm going to take your weed. I'm going to throw it in the woods. And I better never see you out here at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. And I swear for the next four years, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, he would drive by my house, stop right in front of my driveway, and speed off. And I still didn't notice that that was God chasing me down. Yes. In a police car chased me down. Wow. The one person who grew up in my bedroom. My Lord. One person who grew up in my bedroom was that person who pulled me over. So God orchestrated that whole thing. Yes. There was like five other cops, and... He was the one. He was the one that pulled me over. Oh, man. Earthly angels. It's, it's unreal. <laughs> one day I'm going to see that guy again. I haven't seen him since. So it's like God sent him for that one little mm-hmm. specific moment. Mm-hmm. And um, 
But that's when drinking was like a real problem. I I would always drive home like covering one eye, wow. and uh, it was just. And how old were you then? I was probably twenty six, twenty seven years old. So very young. And then I, um, around thirty years old, I moved to this place in Pembroke, and two thousand nineteen when I moved, October two thousand nineteen. And. Uh, when I moved in there, there was partying, and that's when drugs became part of the issue, too. Yeah. I would still smoke weed, but I didn't consider weed a drug. Yeah. I consider it a drug now because I walk with the Lord, and I, I know Amen. if it's something that is mind-altering, it's drug. Amen. Amen. Even caffeine. If you have too much caffeine, Amen. it can be a drug. So the house you moved in, was it like a rooming house? That's why it was... It was just a, a house. It, it was me, uh, this kid I, I've known since I was in like elementary school, and then a girl. And then okay. the girl moved out, and it was just me and him. And we couldn't really party because she didn't like it. But okay. when she moved out, oh. there was all-nighters. And wow. um, then COVID hit. And... In like January, February, everyone got laid off. I'm getting like eight hundred dollars a week. Yeah, I got nothing to do. Yeah, so I'm drinking, I'm partying. I wake up, I'll work out, and then I'll sweat out the hangover, and then I'll drink again. Wow. And then the stay at home order came into effect too, and no one wanted to. Everyone else is doing the same thing, so I had the party house. That's where people went. That's where the girls went. That's where the drug dealers oh, went. Okay. That's where people brought enough booze for an army. Wow. And summer comes. And when summer comes, that's when I met Keenan. Uh-huh. And um, we were having parties all the time. Yeah. All the time. I had a pool that you, you couldn't go anywhere. So people right. came to the pool. I had a big yard. I had a big barn with a dance floor. Wow. I had um, just a... Oh, a giant area. Yeah. And you could park 30 cars in there and still park more cars. Wow. And, um... So the enemy provides as well sometimes, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he came. He was like, he had an opportunity. He gave, we gave him a, more than a foothold, and then he yeah. took that. Yeah. And that's when partying became like a real all-the-time kind of thing. And then the COVID money runs out. I have to get a job again. So I start working at this chimney place, and I'm going to work hungover all the time. Wow. It starts affecting my finances. It's, and you're on a roof. Yeah. You had to go on a roof. Yeah, those days I went there with, like, an hour of sleep. Those days where I didn't sleep. Wow. And sometimes I'd be on an icy roof, a wet roof, and mm-hmm. I just didn't feel comfortable doing it, and I was looking for any excuse to not do it, be there anymore. Yeah. And then my whole house got covid so wow. I, I that was my excuse. That was my way to go back to drinking and partying Staying again. in the house. So my boss laid me off. I started collecting unemployment again. This is when they started doing the $500 a week. Yeah. So I was still collecting a decent amount of money. Yeah. 500 or 300 or something like that. But whatever. I made it work. Yeah. And um, I did that for about four or five months. And then I... The money wasn't, I wasn't making enough money to support my drinking and partying and yeah. having fun. So I went and got a job at this car wash. And yeah. 
this is another thing. God chasing me down. I pull up. I go to the interview. And right in the window, it says, the wages of sin is death. Oh, my Lord. Romans. My Lord. I forget the, the, <laughs> the verse. And I'm like, oh, cool. Christian people. My parents are Christians. And, um, but every time my parents would talk about God, I'd ran the other direction. Yeah. That's how it goes. And then I saw that, and it was kind of like, that was God giving me a warning, like, I'm here. Yeah. I'm going to get you at some yeah. point. And it really started getting crazy. And when it started getting crazy, that's when it started affecting my health, my credit score, my um, my living situation, yeah. where my roommate started getting so sick of the partying that he booted people out of the house. He booted everyone out. Including me. He said he was going to kick the other two people out and keep me. And I was like, all right, cool, I'm good. And then I really went crazy, and he was like, no, not good. See you later. Get out of here. Go back to your parents' house. So I'm 32 or 31 at the time, back at my parents' house. Like, I worked so hard to get out of there, and I'm back there, and I still want to keep partying. Still not learning my lessons. Wow. Wages of sin is death. It starts creeping into every single part of your life. Yeah. And it started creeping into every part of my life. And um, towards the end of 2021, that's when um, all my friends really stopped. They didn't really stop talking to me, but they didn't hold me accountable anymore. They were just like, whatever. Yeah. Besides Keenan. Yeah. Keenan was the only person that stood up for me when I did stuff wrong and he had my back through the thick and thin. That, I went everywhere with that kid. That kid had my back like no one else. Yeah. And, um, but then he started getting pissed at me around like September, October. And then we stopped talking to each other around November. He was like, don't talk to me until you, you get your stuff in order. And that's yeah. when the conviction started growing where I was like, all right, maybe I do have a problem drinking and drugging. Yeah. But I would get in arguments with him because I'd be like, dude, we are doing all these drugs and drinking together. We're going everywhere together. So it's like I can't listen to someone who's doing the same thing as me. Exactly. But he was right. He was 100% right. And then my parents were really noticing that it was a problem. I was missing birthdays. I was missing holidays. I was telling people I'd go to church and then I wouldn't go to church on the holidays. The only times I went to church. And um. So we stopped talking to each other. And then the week before Valentine's Day, I'm like, I really have to stop. Like, I, I'd go to work on Monday crying because I'm like, I can't stop. I'm yeah. like possessed of something. I got a demon yeah. in me. I had sleep paralysis sometimes. I wake up in the middle of the night and I couldn't open my eyes. I had my arms would be stuck by my side. I'd hear noises. Sometimes I'm like Sunday nights after staying up for three days, I'd see like these blurry visions above me mm-hmm. while laying down. And I'd, I'd wait until the coke wore off because I wasn't sure if I was going to wake up the next day. Right. So like I was exhausted, but I was terrified at the same time. So I didn't want to sleep, but I did want to sleep. Yeah. It's just started like really eating at me. And, um, the week before, I said to my dad, I was like, I want to become a member of the church. It's where, so my dad went from an atheist to an elder. Wow. He's right under pastor. <laughs> so I literally Look saw him, like, terrified to pray, didn't believe in God, pushed yeah. it all away. Yeah. 
and when my pastor's not there, he'll run half the service besides the sermon, because the pastors are supposed to do the sermon yeah. or some kind of minister, mm-hmm. and um, I'm supposed to stand in front of the church, and I go on a bender, and I completely blow it off. They have this little pamphlet where it says, um, a "Person joining like the congregation." Yeah. And then my name right there. So the whole church got that, and I didn't show up. Oh, wow. And um, my family was embarrassed. I embarrassed my family. Yeah. Now I was, it was really creeping into everyone else's life, my drinking and drugging. And um, when I went on, went on that bender, I went to, um, I went to my work... And the next Wednesday, a guy from my church came in. Wow. And I told him how I was trying to quit drinking. And he goes, well, fortunately for us, God loves sinners. And I'll never forget when he said that, because he never goes to that car wash. And I was like, what brought you here? And he was like, I have no idea. <laughs> and Ooh. now I'm like, the Lord sent him yeah. here to be like, yeah. I, I haven't left you. and I'm not going to leave you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm chasing calling. you down. Yeah. And I, he was a cop, so he was like, I'm oh my another gosh. cop. <laughs> Look at the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that weekend, I was like, all right, I'm taking a step and staying in front of my church. And actually, was it that weekend? No, I waited until the next weekend. So that weekend, I went on a bender again. And this is Valentine's Day weekend. Yeah. I still don't want to stop, but I go into work on uh, Monday. Yeah. And I'm bawling my eyes out because I'm like, I can't stop. No matter how hard I try, I just can't stop. Yeah. So, God, today's the day. I surrender my life to you. February 14th, and I say word for word, I wow. surrender my life to you. I don't want this Santa Claus Easter Bunny belief. I want this real Amen. belief. you got to show me. I've seen all these miracles. I've, I've heard all these miracles. I've seen people say all the stuff. But I don't believe it unless you show me. Yeah. And I'm that guy who has to be convinced more than one time, obviously. <laughs> like a darling Thomas, didn't he say that? I don't believe God, Jesus was resurrected unless I see the holes in his hands and in his side. Yeah. So God understands. Yeah. And sure enough. He showed you. Sure enough, I had five <laughs> minutes left in my work shift. I worked in a car wash at the time still. Yeah. So I sprayed down the whole car wash. I'm about to close the door. I did everything I'm supposed to do. And this lady pulls up. And I'm like, Come on. I'm about to go home and this lady's pulling up, so I have to do less work again. And then she comes up and gives me this little pamphlet. I should have brought it with me. It's a, it says, when to lose in the front. And she goes, the Lord told me to get this to you. And I'm just going to... Was she a cop? I just want to know. Oh, no, she wasn't. <laughs> okay. She wasn't. But I, I'm like, okay, cool. So I put it in my pocket and I start brushing her car and I send it, start sending it through the car wash and I open it. And it says, when to lose. Um... I really should have brought it so you, you can read it. But uh, it basically says, lose, we've all lost the battle of sin. Win, you surrender your life to Christ. Wow. And you get eternal salvation. And then you turn on the back and it says, are you ready to surrender your life to Christ My today? <laughs> and I'm like, hold on a second. I surrender my life to Christ today. And the very last car that came in gave me this. And I go up to her window. I stopped the car wash. I knock on her window. I said, why did you give me this? And she goes, the Lord told me to give you this. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Can you please explain this to me? And she was like, I don't know why I gave that to you, but I'm sure you do. 
And I'm like, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Like, I just, I'm getting chills up my spine thinking about this right now. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but what does that mean? And she's like, the Lord just told me to give that to you. And I'm like, okay, I need to close this place. I'll see you later. <laughs> me, not really. Like, I, I kind of think of it like, that's cool. But then I close it. I close the door. She leaves. I get in my car and I'm reading it and I just start crying because I'm like, mm. I asked you to show me and you, you showed me. You did, yes. So I went about, from then on, I went about two months sober and um, they had this birthday party. So this is me not talking to Keenan for four months. Yeah. They had this birthday party, some girls that I used to be friends with and I was like, whatever, I'll just go and I'll say hi. I have two months to go sober. I can handle a bar. So I go there. And then I see Keenan there. And I'm like, I don't want to have any beef, dude. Let's just enjoy our night. And he doesn't really say anything to me. He puts his head down. And then I go outside for a cigarette. And then he comes out. And he's, it's just me and him. And then he goes, hey, you know, you're still my guy, right? <laughs> so I give him a hug. We start joking. We're laughing just like... We always did with his yeah. old man belly laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. and we just kind of squashed it. We hugged each other and we were good. Yeah. And then the next week, I'm on my work to I'm on my way to work at Monday, six o'clock in the morning. This girl Meredith calls me and she's like, Keenan passed away last night. Yeah. And I went on a spot. I, I didn't go on a spiral right away, but then when I went to his funeral yeah. and I saw the open casket and I saw my best friend sitting right there, yeah. totally lifeless. And uh, I I lost it. I went nuts. I, I spiraled out of control. Yeah. Totally spiraled out of control. I still didn't learn. And I saw my best friend dead in, in a coffin. Yeah. And... Um, But he pushed me to start getting sober. He pushed, basically pushed me into the arms of the Lord. Amen. And, uh, and I do good for a month, and then I do bad. And I do good for a month, and I do bad. And over the course of the next eight months, I had a bunch of friends die. And um, I had at least five friends die. Wow. And, and it just really started... Really started hurting because I kept blaming people and places. And if it wasn't the people and places, my mind was just depressed. Yeah. And so my parents go on vacation. They go to, uh, they go to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And me being the sinner I am, I'm like, let's get a whole bunch of drugs and a whole bunch of alcohol in my safe place at my house. So... My parents figure it out. They call me on a Wednesday, and they woke me up at noon. And they're like, Derek, it's Wednesday. Why aren't you at work? You're on a bender right now, aren't you? And me lying through my teeth. And they're like, Derek, you can go to rehab, or you can get out of our house. Yeah. But you better make the decision by the time we get back, because this is it. We're done. And I am... 14K in credit debt. I have no money saved. I have a 640 credit score. I'm fat and out of shape. I'm on high blood pressure meds. Wow. I have a dead-end job that Jesus is totally working in. 
Um, wow. What did I, uh, I just totaled, just totaled my car. So my car insurance went through the roof. So what was that? My, my crap, like every part of my life was just totally yeah. falling apart right there. And I couldn't stop drinking and doing drugs. And then I slip up. I can't blame the people and places. I'm in my safe place. I'm in my bedroom all by myself. Yeah. So that's when something just clicked in my head. And I said, I'm done. Yeah. I'm listening to everyone else. I'm not listening to what I have. What Everything I say just reeks, uh, creates havoc in my life. Yeah. And it starts destroying my life, literally from the inside out, mm-hmm. outside in, whatever you want to say. It's just, it's totally killing me. Yeah. And my friends, it's killing my, it's literally killing my friends and I'm still not noticing it. Yeah. And so I, I, I say I'm done. I had a sponsor at the time. Uh, I went to this Christ-based recovery meeting, but mm-hmm. I was doing the whole one foot in, one foot out. I was going to church on Sundays. I was going to a few other church things. But every other day that I wasn't doing that, I was walking with the devil. Yeah. Because if you're not walking with God, you're walking with the devil. Amen. And uh, if you feel like you're coasting, you're probably going downhill. Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends said that to me like last week, and I love that saying. Yeah. Because so many people love getting comfortable. When they start getting comfortable, that's when the devil pulls a rug out from oh, under yeah. you. Oh, yeah. And says, I got you. Yeah. I was just cre- I was just working behind the scenes. And uh, yeah. that's it. So I did 90 meetings in 90 days. I went to uh, AA meetings. I went to church meetings. I went to other stuff that had to do with, that didn't have to do with recovery. Yeah. Because my pastor said to me, if you're constantly thinking about not drinking, not doing drugs. When you're not doing that, what are you thinking about? Drinking and doing drugs. Yeah. So you should go hang out with people who never had that problem before. Because if they have never had that problem, they could probably help you stay away from that problem Amen. by teaching you about humility, pride, and accountability. That's a trifecta. With yes. those three, it keeps you keeps you grounded. Yeah. And... Uh, when I went to AA meetings, I'd put my hand up first if there was an open discussion. If I even had anything to say, it's just to take a step in faith to see if God's working through me. Yeah. And I took people's phone numbers. They would call me at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And they'd be like, hey, how, how was last night? And I'm like, did I do something wrong? Because I didn't have people checking in on me. Yeah. And the person who used to do that to me is no longer here anymore. Yeah. Keena would call me at 10 o'clock in the morning and be like, hey, dude, I didn't see you the past three days. How you doing? Never had a friend like that before. Yeah. Never. And wow. that, he, he was really my best friend. He, yeah. he really held me accountable. And, uh, and then God gave you new friends. God, yeah, he replaced the old with new. I asked God, God, you got to send me old people. And he was like, all right. All of the people you want, all of them, because I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send them all. Yeah, he sent me what too you many. Asked for. Sent me too many. Where there was like, I'd get phone calls and be like, I didn't save this number because I was just taking everyone's number down. Yeah. I wanted people to. If one person didn't reach out to me, 364 people had would reach out to me. Right. So every day there was someone who could reach out to me. Nice. And uh, it's my first AA meeting. I just picked the closest place to me. It's a Saturday night. Yeah. At 6 o'clock, it's at this place, St. Douglas in Pembroke. Right down the street from my house. Probably a six-minute drive. Okay. And I pull up. 
there's no one there. So I called the service center for AA. I forget what the name of them is. I forget what they're called. But they're like, oh, there should be a meeting there. And then my sponsor shows up and he goes, no, we're, we're going to Grace Presbyterian across uh, from Boston Bowl in Hanover. And I'm like, wait a second. That's the church I go to every Sunday. Wow. So when I pray to God <laughs> saying, God, if I'm supposed to get sober, make this obvious. He's like, all right, your, your AA meeting is the church you go to every Sunday. And that was their my third Lord. week there. Wow. wow. Third week there. And I don't know if you're about third like the number three mm-hmm. took three the days Trinity. for yeah. Jesus to come back. Mm-hmm. This there's a third meeting. The Trinity. When I met my sponsor, it was his third time going to that <laughs> oh, meeting. Oh, my lord, he loves you. I had a girl tell me I have a one eight hundred line <laughs> to God, and I'm like, God's not doing this for me. He's doing it for other people. That's it, because there's a calling on your life that so like, you're gonna. He's gonna use you. I just. God doesn't give people crazy testimonies for, uh, for them. It, he gives it as proof of Amen. his power. Amen. He's a convictor and comforter. Amen. Amen. Yes. And that's why he has you here today on this podcast because it, it's not about me. I tell everybody, this is not about hope. You know, yeah, it's hope ministry or whatever, but that's God's name. He gave that name. It's about the testimonies. It's about what you've gone through and the miraculous things that you've seen and what he's done in your life. And somebody that's going to listen, maybe, and I'm praying more than one somebody, when they listen to it, they're going to have that revelation. I need to stop drinking. God is following me. God is speaking through me. This happened to me too. This guy, Derek, has used God. To, God has used him today. And I think that's the most amazing thing out of doing these podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. So you're at your third meeting and what happens? Uh, well, that was their third week at that church. And so I go in and I feel uncomfortable sitting there. But as soon as I said, hi, I'm Derek, and I'm an alcoholic. It was like, all right, I admitted it. First step in AA is admitting your life is unmanageable. Yeah. My life was unmanageable. Yeah. So I did meetings every day. I talked to people every day. I took it totally serious. And then Thanksgiving comes around. So this is like a month and a half. And people keep telling me, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm listening to sermons. That has to be good enough. So Thanksgiving, I have this tattoo right here. James 2.18 means faith is dead without works. Someone will say you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I'll show you faith by my works. So I'm like, I'll read James, whatever. James chapter one. I'll just start in the beginning of the book. So I'm reading it. And then I go downstairs and I'm talking to my dad about it. And I'm like, that was kind of cool. Like, Every gift you get is a gift from God. But I don't know what that means. Yeah. And then my pastor sends me a meme. You know what book it is? And what chapter it is? <laughs> and what I just read? James chapter one. That's how the Lord works. And I'm like, whoa, Troy, I literally just read that. And that was my first time reading the Bible. And he's like, God's good. <laughs> my dad's like, God's good. And I'm like, I guess. I, you said, I still don't know what that means. <laughs> I still don't know what a gift from God means. <laughs> Do you understand that now? That yeah. verse and everything now? Yeah. So for those that are much like you, they'll pick it up, pick up the Bible. And a lot of us have been this in the beginning. And they read that. They read that scripture, that verse in James. What does it mean? 
every gift you get as a gift from God, it's either going to uh, convict you or comfort you. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. What would you say it is? Well, I was well, I would agree with that. And that, and for people that don't understand that, that's a good way to approach it and the perspective to come at it. So I, I would I would if agree. bad things come your way, it's probably saying, Hey, God Well we make, prob- we have our choices. Yeah. We make our choices. And when we even when we make a mistake, God has still given us a gift. And our life, our very life is that gift from God. His salvation, our salvation that he has given in Jesus, that's our gift. And every good gift does come from God. Yeah. You know, and, and we sometimes mess them up because of the choices we make. But he's there with his arms open as he showed in your life. Over and over and over again. Doesn't yeah. matter how many times you push him away. Yeah. Because you have a calling on your life. And I'm pretty sure... That you had a mom that was praying for you on a regular basis. Oh, man, I probably had a mom that was terrified. <laughs> terrified praying yeah. with my dad. Yeah. I had and a Bible. My parents said that the Bible study they ran would pray. I had a bunch of people from my church that yeah. were praying for me. And it was just like, I had to find it. Yeah. I, and I, But that unfortunately, covering, the yeah. covering of that prayer, though, is what allowed God to chase you down and find you. You know, because a lot of us, I was just telling a brother today, he was speaking of his daughter and the evil that surrounds her. I said, brother, no, that is not what God created. Your daughter is not that. Your daughter is fearfully and wonderfully made. And we have, as parents, we have the authority to speak that life over our children. But when we don't, you see the the outcome of that as well. So because your parents prayed, he chased you down. Uh, he chased me down. <laughs> yep. And that's amazing. That is so amazing. I know you said you had a few friends that have passed away and gone. How has that impacted your walk or has it impacted your walk with God? It's just proof that if you're not walking with God, it's going to destroy your life. Amen. And uh, some of them didn't die from overdoses. Right. Some of them killed themselves. Yeah. Some of them were just, it's from years of abuse. Some just quit drinking cold turkey and then had a seizure, fell and cracked his head open. Yeah. And some just, it's, it was just more proof that it's going to kill you one way or another. Yeah, that's sin. That's what it says. That's what Wages sin leads of sin is to. death. Yeah. 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 And had you not decided Lord, I need you to show me something. It's okay to ask God that too. It's okay to ask for proof. If you had not said that, that lady would have never come into the car wash, you know? But you took that step yeah. to say that and and still young enough to have a life to lead others to Christ. So what would you what would be your advice to someone that's still drinking and drugging that's young cuz they're starting so young and some parents are giving these young people their first beer, their yeah. first drink, their first cigarette, their first whatever. And they just think it's normal. Exactly. That's how they were raised. Exactly. So what would be your advice to the young people to in, even to the parents that are doing these things or partying with their children? You're you're it's so easy to fall down that path and it's not doesn't happen overnight it's a slippery slope so if you feel like you can't sleep without smoking weed 
yeah. or you can't drink without thinking about doing drugs, it's going to start creeping into every other part of your life, too. Yeah. And parents, uh, that's a tough question. That's a real tough question because it's, uh, it's like the norm nowadays where weed's legal, drinking is on every corner. Yeah. They actually deliver. Uber Uber Eats delivers liquor now. Yeah, I know. And that's so sad. Yep, cigarettes too. Yeah, yeah. And weed. They deliver weed too. Really? Yep. So next thing is the hard drugs, huh? We're going to pray that away though. Yeah. We're definitely going to pray that away. What would be the biggest impact your parents had on your life that helped lead you to God besides that call that night when they said you got to make up your mind? Um, I saw my dad go from an atheist to an elder. So I literally saw him go from the other way to, like, top of the list. Amen, amen. Running Bible studies. Amen. Um, he reads the Bible every morning. Uh, when I moved home, he, ha- he, tur- he made my old bedroom his Bible reading room. Wow. So I didn't even get my old bedroom when I moved home. I got the spare bedroom. I got the pink room. It was literally pink. <laughs> and uh, and it was kind of like God saying, you don't deserve your old room. You're not supposed to be back at your parents. Right. So I'm going to put you in the spare room. And it was it, made an altar for God, if you think about that. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's really tough how to kind of like avoid going down that path. I feel like they just need to find like if the kids they have to find someone who did go down that path. Yes. But they're relatable too. Like because there's people who go down that path and they they get sober but they don't go in recovery. Right. They didn't work the steps. They still talk like they went to a bar. And when you're in recovery, you're constantly doing the steps. You're constantly refining yourself, trying yes. to become a better reflection of Christ. Yes. And the more you're surrounding yourself with people who are like that, mm-hmm. you stop becoming them. You're like your five closest friends. And if you're hanging around five people yeah. always doing the same stuff and you're not doing that, eventually you're going to start doing that. Right. Whether it's 20 years or a year. Right. And I didn't start doing hard drugs until I moved into that Pembroke house. Right. But it was there. And I was... If I wasn't peer pressured into it, I was kind of like, there's a devil tapping on my shoulder. Try it, try it, try yeah. it, try it. You're going to like it. It looks good. It tastes good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he does that. Yeah. You know, so it's important that we recognize that and say no. You know, it is important. Yeah. So I, I wow, your story. I'm so glad I waited. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad I waited. There's more, too. Okay. So, Whatever what? you want to share. We have time. So. So for the first like three months of my sobriety, I saw miracles every day because yeah. I, legit, I legit said to God, I don't want that Santa Claus Easter money belief. Yeah. And he did that every single day. But it was like something clicked on day 90 and he kind of took a back seat. Yeah. And that's when the temptation started coming back. Yeah. I'd have girls message me from the past. I'd have, I'd get like stupid pictures. I'd get whatever. Yeah. You name it. God tried to send it my way. I mean, I got devil tried to send it my way. But all through those 90 days, those 90 meetings, 90 days is so crucial because it develops that discipline and that sight that God's there every day, all day. Yeah. 
And I started learning a lot where people are like, I don't know if I need to do the 90 meetings in 90 days. I'm like, you need to do the 90 meetings in 90 days because after 90 days, God takes a back seat. And if you're not constantly trying to learn about God, yeah, where I learned that when God took that back seat, he only gave me something. He, everything, every temptation that was given was given a way out. Yeah, it's written. And like the day I slipped up, I went into a liquor store and the first born again Christian I saw was outside and he was like, hey, Derek, I've seen what you've been doing. I'm proud of you. And then I went in the liquor store and got a whole bunch of alcohol and then I went and got drugs and then I made a whole grocery list of bad decisions. Yeah. But that was God providing a way out before I even went in the yeah. liquor store. Yeah. I'd, I haven't seen him since. I didn't see him for like 10 years before then. Yeah. But he sent them right there. Yeah. The first born again Christian I met. And, um, wow. That was God providing a way out. But when he took that back seat after 90 days, that's when I was like, all right, why are you taking a back seat? Am I supposed to just kind of like do this on my own now? And when I say back seat, he's still in the car. Yeah. He's just letting you drive now. Yeah. He's not being right next to you, being like, no, that way, that way, this way, that way. Yeah. He's still there. So then I started having people come to me where I had a guy come in the car wash and he had just left a detox. And he was like, hey, do you want any booze? And I was like, no, I'm actually, uh, I'm an alcoholic. And he was like, oh, well, my family gave me all this, but I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic. And uh, wow, I don't know what to do with it. And I was like, just throw it away. I was in your shoes not too long ago. And I don't understand why his family gave him all that alcohol, just leaving a detox. Right. And... Um, I was like, maybe God sent you here to talk to me because I've had people come through here to talk to me in the opposite way where I would look for people to help me. Now people are looking for me to help them. Yes. And I think maybe my job was just to plant the seed that day being like, you just left to rehab, dude. You yeah. have a problem and you have to take it serious. You got to throw that out. You got to start going the other way. So then I had this a little idea of getting Bible verse bracelets. I was oh, going nice. to bring a few with me today, but I was in such a rush this morning. I left them on my table. <laughs> and uh, You'll see me again. <laughs> I definitely will. And that's my little way to minister to people, kind Amen. of throw seeds. Amen. And then eventually God will harvest that seed. Yes. One time I had a guy, get, I gave him a seed, and he was like, oh, I mean, give him a seed, I guess. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and he was like, I don't know if I deserve this. And I'm like, here we go. Yeah. None of us deserve this. Opening. <laughs> We're all going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> but if you surrender your life to Christ, you're not going to hell. Yeah. So look at that bracelet next time you go through that. Um, you get that little temptation or that yeah. feeling. Because the devil's biggest lie is you don't deserve God's grace. Amen. Amen. And people will be like, I, I don't know if God's with me. And I'm like, yeah. He's with you. Amen. You just have to ask for it, too, and he'll show you clear as day. Amen. And um, then you fast forward to now. So a year and a half ago, not even, just about a year ago, mm -hmm. I was 14 grand in credit debt, 640 credit score, no money saved, just totaled my car, car insurance went up, I was fat and out of shape, was on high blood pressure meds, I had a dead-end job, I had no plans moving out of my parents, and I couldn't stop drinking and doing drugs every weekend. Yeah. Now, I've paid off all my credit. Praise I have an 800 credit score. I have more money saved than I had in credit. Ah. Credit debt. 
Um, I'm in the best shape of my life. Amen. I've been off my high blood pressure meds for about seven months. Amen. My car insurance is paid off for the whole year. Amen. My car is paid off. Hey. <laughs> I'm in a two-floor, one-bedroom apartment. Wow. My pastor is the landlord. Wow. God is good. I'm a locksmith now with a work truck. My work truck, my work shop is located where I live. Yeah. So I can literally walk to my work. Yeah. Um, my pastor is one of the owners of my company I work for. The company I work for. Uh-huh. I work with old people from my church. Wow, God is good. And I got eleven months of sobriety this week. God is good. God it's, is it's so good. It's proof. It's like how how quick your life can just turn around if you Amen. stop trying to say, "Hey, Amen. God, I'm going to do part time." Or Amen. Once you fully surrender your life to Christ, it's it's truly remarkable. Like Amen. I have all these Christian tattoos. <laughs> my first tattoo. Says Mass and another word over here, and it's not a nice word for people from Massachusetts. Yeah. Now I have Christian tattoos, so <laughs> I've literally like I did a I swear as a tattoo okay. to Christian tattoos. Okay. Because I've literally seen my life transform before my eyes. Amen. I've seen me change before my eyes. Amen. My parents is <laughs> my parents are like so. My birthday was about two and a half weeks ago. Oh, happy belated birthday! Thank you. <laughs> and my parents are like. Derek, we know you changed because you asked for a Bible for your birthday. Wow. <laughs> no, you didn't. I did. <laughs> praise God. So I got a really nice Bible uh, for my birthday. I didn't get God. any money. I went out for dinner with my family and they gave me a Bible. And they were like, we know you changed because God. who else asked for a Bible? Oh, I know that does put a lot for a mother's heart. <laughs> yeah. And now I, I host a Bible study. Um. I I try to be a leader at this youth gathering thing I go to. It's all younger people. Good. I'm one of the older people there, so I feel like maybe God sent me there to, with this crazy testimony as proof that yeah. it is a slippery slope. Yeah. And it can take some time for it to happen, but it can also take a very short period of time to recover. Yeah. You just got to be with God. Amen. You got to be with Jesus. Amen. Amen. I love it. I love it. Yeah. That is amazing to ask for a Bible for your birthday. <laughs> yeah. Praise God. I love Praise it too. God. It doesn't leave my house though. It's a beautiful Bible. Yeah, yeah. I have a Bible I'll keep in my car. Good. And if I don't bring that, I have one on my phone. Good. Constantly Good. trying to preach the word. That's why I got these tattoos. Amen. People will be like, oh, why'd you get that? And I'm like, I can explain it. I have a Bible verse right here. <laughs> Bible verse right here. And this is kind of like a Bible verse. Righteous man falls down seven times, but will rise again. Yeah. And people were like, why Why does it say fell down, though? I was like, because it doesn't matter if you fall down. Yeah. It's if you get up. Get back up. Yeah. And the righteous man falls down seven times. So if yeah. you've fallen... Get back up. Get back up. Yeah. And God's going to guide you. Amen. He's going to hold your hand through the whole process. Amen. Amen. Wow. Powerful testimony. Yeah. So amazing. It's such an honor to even sit here with you because after all that you've gone through... You shouldn't be here. I know. You should not be here right yeah. now. Yeah. God's got other plans. The grace of God. The grace yeah. of God. And the prayers of parents, especially moms, I have to say, because I am a mom. And I've seen some things in my children's lives. Um, so, Derek, what are other ways that people can reach out to you or, or get involved with your Bible study or the youth program that you're, te- you're teaching, you're leading? Um, so Wednesday nights at six o'clock, New Hope Chapel in Plymouth. 
Okay. Um, it's right on 89 Court Street in Plymouth, right in Plymouth Center. Friday nights, I do a men's Bible study. That's um, 7 o'clock at my house. Okay. Uh, it's also in, Pem- it's in Pembroke. Uh, I go to the Celebrate Recovery meeting, which is Christ-based recovery, on Praise Thursdays God. at New Hope Chapel also, 89 Court Street. Starts at 6. Okay. And, um, well, actually, the, the gathering starts at 7. That's the, the youth thing on Wednesdays at 7. Okay. Celebrate Recovery is Thursdays at 6. Okay. I go to an AA meeting on Saturdays. Um, there's a beginner's meeting at 6, and then an open speaker's meeting at 7.30. Okay. Nice. Uh, my, you can reach out to me on Instagram, at dnota, D-N-O-T-A. Um, Facebook, Derek Notarangelo. You're going to have to spell that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because they're going to ask me, and I'm going to say, I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Notre Angela, long Italian in. last name. That's N-O-T-A-R-A-N-G-E-L-O. Okay. It's and like Derek Michelangelo, is, and, and Derek is spelled? D-E-R-E-K. Okay, because there are different variations of yep. the names nowadays. We don't know, but thank God my name is just H-O-P-E. And that's yeah, it. easy. Yep. <laughs> amen, amen. That is amazing. I thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up? Uh, so I do have one piece of advice for people who are starting their sobriety journey is work the steps. Amen. I've heard people stumble at four and five and people stumble at eight and nine. It's because those are hard steps. Okay. And that's where the change happens. So when I did four and, uh, four and nine, I mean four and five, that's when you write a list of everything you've done wrong. Yeah. And you have to be brutally honest. So pray on finding a right sponsor because God will send you the right sponsor Amen. right away. Amen. He at least he did with me. And it was the perfect sponsor. He He's totally changed my life. Four and five was a weight off my shoulders. That's when the dark dream stopped. That's when the sleep paralysis totally disappeared. Amen. Eight and nine. Eight, eight and nine is very terrifying. But if God was there in the beginning of sobriety, he's going to help you through the steps too. He's going to be there holding your hand. Amen. Eight is you make a list of people you've done wrong. Nine is reaching out to them. So you have to okay. clean house. You have to dig out your past and you got to talk to people from your past. Yeah. But uh, the one thing I want to emphasize about step nine is it's not your job to get them to forgive you. It's just your job to apologize. Amen. And you do it. If that person doesn't accept your apology, just take it as God sent that person in your life for a season as to teach you humility. Mm-hmm. Now you're no longer prideful. Now you're no longer blaming other people for your actions. You're accountable for your decisions. And you know it had nothing to do with the people and places. It had nothing to do with them. It was all you. Amen. So maybe you plant that seed in them that shows them that all right, maybe recovery is a good option. Yeah. And they can see your life change because when I messaged my old friends, no one answered. People left the group text. Yeah. No one said anything. But I felt the weight off my shoulders because I let them know it was me. It had nothing to do with them. Amen. Good. And I, ha- I still haven't finished the steps yet, but I'm excited to finish 10, 11, and 12. I feel like I've already done 12 because I... 12 is 
you've had a spiritual awakening yeah. and I've totally had a spiritual awakening. Amen. I know that's, I know God's here. Yes. And I know he's with me everywhere I go and I can't escape him. Amen. So Amen. that's where being God fearing is important. You, you fear disappointing him. Yeah. But you love making him happy and yeah. you love making him so happy that you don't want to make him disappointed. Amen. So everything you do, it's kind of like, uh, when a girlfriend asks you to take out the trash, she doesn't want to ask you to take out the trash. She wants you to want to take out the trash. <laughs> amen. <laughs> amen, amen. We say wife, though, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> because the goal is marriage, right? Yes, yes, that is true. <laughs> That's my next in my prayer list. Amen, amen. <laughs> that is some wonderful advice. That is some wonderful advice. I can't say that I've been through the steps. By the grace of God, I haven't had to. But I am so glad that I've met you because... He can use me now to guide people to you, to someone that has done this. Some like on this podcast, they'll you know they'll listen to it and yeah. And I pray that they listen to what you said and the importance of taking all the steps and doing the full full ninety days, mm-hmm. um, because that's important. So, oh wow, this has been amazing. I truly appreciate you. Would you mind closing us out in prayer and then I'll wrap it up and close up the episode? Sure, sure. So this is something I've been praying on is get better at praying, but I, I got you. I'll do it. <laughs> Amen. Do Thank it. you, if Jesus. I, if, I want, if I want to lead people, eventually, you know, yeah. I'll get good at it. It's important. You're already good at it. He said, just have a conversation with me. Yeah. Jesus also said we don't know how to pray. Yeah. Well, he taught us, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's do it. All right. All right. Thank you, Lord, for this time together. Thank you for introducing me to hope and making this making this happen today and allow me being part of her ministry. Um, I thank you for everything you're doing in my life. I thank you for everything you're doing in Hope's life and giving her this platform, this way to kind of spread hope. Amen. (laughs) And help people see the love of Jesus, help people give us these testimonies that can help them. And um, we love you, God. Everything you're doing is just miraculous. And the way you're... The way I, f- I feel like there's a Christian revival coming on right now. Yes. Where it's so evil out there that we know that we can lean on you. And we just pray that anyone who's listening to this knows that you you are here. Two or more are talking about Jesus. You're here. Yes. And uh, maybe someone's day one will start today. Amen. Yes. And uh, we just pray if, if anyone's going through anything... If any kind of struggle comes their way, that you just show yourself in such a present way that there's no mistake in that Jesus is pulling you. He's chasing you down. Yes. And one day you'll be able to use that testimony as a way to help others. And if anything comes your way that tries to pull you away from God and you're a follower of Jesus, you just run straight to God, straight to the Bible, straight to people who worship Jesus too. Yes. And uh, we just love everything you're doing in both of our lives and everyone listening. And uh, we say this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 What a powerful testimonies. Brothers and sisters, I thank you for joining me and my brother Derek for this day in the powerful testimony. I pray that it touches your life and edifies your spirit. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to Cash App and give Hope 7 Ministries. But for now, brothers, thank you for joining us here on Hope, helping other people evolve through spiritual wellness with hope. As always, I am Hope. I love you. 
I believe in you. Keep feeding your spirit and have a miraculous day.